Hello and welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show number 270, where each week we have a different story to talk about. It could be a movie, a TV show, an anime, manga, comic book, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we come back here and talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how has your weekend been so far? It's been fun. Last night I went to a karaoke birthday party for friend of the ah, show, Jack. We had like two and a half hours of solid karaoke time. How'd that go? It was fun. This place has a YouTube connection. So that's all I did. I sang no real songs. I sang with no sincerity. <laughs> I mostly did commercial jingles. There you go. Did 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 you do fuck the police by nwa I, right no no, no? okay <laughs> no i did the i have a structured settlement and i need cash now opera from jg wentworth good i love it uh my weekend has been pretty good i've been playing a lot of starf old uh in fact if it was not for my girlfriend i probably would not have slept last night she fell asleep on the couch while I was playing late into the night. But by the time she woke up, I had been so focused on the game that I didn't know what time it was. I was just doing my thing in the game. She looks and is like, Kyle, it's four in the morning. <laughs> we need to go to bed right now. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go. OK. <laughs> so I've been out there in star failed and space things all weekend and it's fantastic that's but, not dangerous right yeah. <laughs> um but speaking of nwa this is week number two of shame timber 2023 uh where we bring things onto the show that are on our personal or kind of general pop culture lists of shame uh and it was my pick this week and uh since this year is also the 50th anniversary of hip-hop i decided to pitch some hip-hop biopics uh and so we picked nwa's straight out of compton um which came out in 2015 i had not seen this one uh, and and among the reasons why you ended up picking this one of the ones that I pitched uh, was that Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, gets to play his dad in this, uh, which is a, a unique experience. You yeah. don't get to see that very often. Uh, sometimes you will ha have a, an actor's child playing a younger version of the same character that actor is playing but rarely do you have your right. own child playing yourself in a biopic and have your child say i have a child on the way referring to them themselves right yeah <laughs> a true piece of magic here very you much a, this, a unique experience you pitched this notorious and get rich and die trying and for those two movies i was like all oh, right those did happen but i feel like straight out of compton had a higher profile when it was released and yes. it feels like it's a more recent movie than being from 2015 maybe because people still talk about it it seems to be held in pretty solid regard 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the biopics that I pitched were kind of a mixed bag in terms of quality, from what I understand. Um, but uh, yeah, this one seems to have hit pretty well with the general audiences and such. Um, yeah, I had not seen this and this has been on my list of of things that I do want to check out um, because I've been a hip hop fan my whole life. Um, I, I feel like I, I know a lot, but that's not a lot in the grand scheme <laughs> of things. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I know more than the general person, the average person, but, uh, it, it, in my own personal, like knowledge and blind spots, mm -hmm. West coast rap is something I know not very much about. Um, of course, I know NWA. I know all the n n n names and stuff, and uh, some things in this maybe that like, oh, I've I've heard people mention that. I know that by name, but I don't mm. know much about it, right? Um, so it was neat to kind of see all of that stuff. It was interesting because it, it felt like it, it it felt like to to me like uh, what if someone made like a, a comic book graphic novel out of like characters that I know exist like in the <laughs> Marvel universe, right? Of, 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 of like, this is not the Avengers or stuff. It's uh. the defenders. Right. And it's like, uh. Oh yeah. Okay. I've heard of the defenders and I know that uh, like Dr. Strange is on that team. He's pretty famous. Right. But then like, I, I, I don't know if I could really say exactly who else is on the team, but I know they exist and I've heard their names and stuff like that. So in a weird way, that's kind of what this felt like to me. Like I had a familiarity, but was like, I also don't know the exact story that happened here with this. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I knew even less. I, <laughs> do you know the part in Good Burger where they give uh, Kel the contract to sign to like sell Ed sauce or whatever? And he's looking it over right. and he nods and he says, I know some of these words. That's how <laughs> right, I yeah. felt. It's like I've heard these <laughs> names. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i think here here on the re review show a couple years ago mm. i i was like okay melissa it is time to get you educated on hip-hop and so we read the first volume of hip-hop family tree uh by ed piscor uh which is a great book that'll be one of the ones i re recommend at the end of the po podcast here uh but i think that the first volume ended with like a young dr jare like wistfully so. looking out his yes. window <laughs> and just being like ah i hear there is this thing called hip-hop that maybe Aww. i should look into one mm. day so we we didn't really get that side of the, the story um so I, yeah i've i've been looking forward to this and talking a bit about it and and stuff like that um but yeah now that we have both watched it, had, had, had you seen this before? No. no? Okay. What did you think? It's good. <laughs> I, I had a nice time. I think it's a really solid cast, really lovely performances in here. Nice moments of, of brotherhood and friendship. And a couple very cool shots. Repeatedly, as this movie jumps around in time, It'll sort of give you a reset like we are now establishing this time and place. And here's the label for when and where we are. 
you get these beautiful just establishing shots of like moving through the space and what's happening i loved those so much even if they're such a small part of the film that's the bit that stuck out to me the most yeah yeah there's some some really neat stuff in here like you said some great performances uh some some interesting not not, i i don't want to say interesting choice of actors but like I, I I mentioned last week when I was pitching this that Lakeith Stanfield plays like a, a young Snoop dog. He's only in it for like a, a scene and a half. Like, yeah. like has like 40 seconds total of screen time. <laughs> uh, but I, I like stuff like that. The small, I guess you could say Easter eggs, like mm. Easter egg cameo kind of thing. Historical um, footnotes right historical references yeah <laughs> um, see also but, tupac right yeah like there's stuff like that going on to form aftermath um stuff like that like i i i think they did a good job with the story to to make it feel complete and 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 yet still uh like oh there's so much more to this story that we're not getting here um and yeah i i loved it a lot i think one of the the few like bad things that i could say about it is that i yeah it was kind of obvious when they when they glossed over (laughs) something and i was i was just like no i want more dig in like tell Mm. me this story where it's um, like now is very clearly the time when we acknowledge this. Here is Ice Cube writing Friday. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Like I, 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 I think this was a really, really good movie that I was impressed with a lot that I kind of wished went in deeper. Like I, I, I almost wish this was like the HBO drama, mm-hmm. the like prestige format television show that would have gone into this story over multiple seasons uh and and dug into that because i I think they have they have enough stuff uh just packed into this movie to yeah make like a multiple season show and they crammed it all into one movie here but it still felt paced mm-hmm. really well even though it yeah. did gloss over things it it never truly felt like oh well, i missed the whole story like uh, now I, I don't even know what you jumped all the way over here what how did that happen um felt it felt good good it had a consistent pace to it which i thought was nice there so mm-hmm. and i learned some things so yeah there you go. i love to learn <laughs> exactly the more you know um Cool. So let's I, I guess we can do a, a, a quick uh, plot synopsis for anyone who might not know what happened in this movie slash kind of in real life. I guess that's the other thing I should add is I don't since I don't know what the actual facts are. I don't know exactly mm. what they embellished in this to make work or make more dramatic. So I'm I'm kind of taking it for a grain of salt um but there's also some things in here that's like okay that seems to line up with the like vague history that i do know here so makes sense Mm -hmm. but yeah let's let's do a let's do a quick 
plot synopsis uh, of of this, then we can get into some housekeeping and dive further into the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I'm M- 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 Melissa. I'm assuming you would like me to uh, hop yes, in on I'm the plot. I'm just staring right at you, nodding politely. One, yeah. Please take this one. You're you're the greater <laughs> you, expert of the two of us here. You you, you no no normally kind of do the plot synopses of <laughs> of of this, but I feel like this is one you'd be like, I I feel like you're better suited for this, Kyle. <laughs> Go for it. Cool. Um. Yes, so this takes place out in California, out in Compton, um, as the name implies. Uh, and yeah, we get to see the formation of the group NWA uh, as they are kind of doing their own thing, both music-wise in the drug. Game. Uh, they all kind of know each other vaguely through a friend of a friend or stuff like that. Um, yeah, and it's through hip hop. It's through Ice Cube's performances on stage uh, do, that kind of start to bring them together. We're in the age where disco has already reached its 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 peak and is kind of on its way downhill, on its way out, uh, and they're still not really being like what is this this hip-hop thing they're they're, they're, mm. they're not really understanding what, what it starts it is. in like 86 so hip-hop is still fairly fresh yes yeah um and and uh they're they they start to be like hey what if we start recording these songs what if we put this out on on vinyl so that we can play this in the clubs and get this on the radio and stuff like that and as uh, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube are in their recording, they bring in some people from New York to record this one song. Uh, it doesn't go so well. They don't understand the slang over there in in California. Uh, so they bring in Easy e uh, to to rec- record uh, this song. And at first, he's also not really understanding it. He's not really a rapper. Uh, but then he has a certain like charm to the way he mm-hmm. says things and it hits and they're like, yes, more of that. And then based off of this record that they they make, they get a record. Uh, they start building out the group. They start going on tour. And the rest is history. Um, that's, I, I guess, kind of a, a, a basic plot synopsis of what's happening here. There's some ups and downs. They get into uh, the beef within the crew. Uh, what's happening there? They get into Easy E's sickness uh, and his health conditions, uh, stuff like that. And yeah, I, I I think the only other other thing I have to say about the film is that it it really makes for some nice tension in in the yeah. film here. They they know how how to uh, kind of have you on your edge of your seat, just being like, what's going to happen? Even if you already know, right? It's just like. Oh, man, this is intense. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed this a lot. Is there any other th- uh, stuff that you want to add to that uh, that you think I kind of glossed over as like a 
I, I think we've got the starting point. I, as with any biopic, the logline of it is pretty clearly understood. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, there you go. That is uh, our, our spoiler free thoughts for NWA as uh, straight out of Compton. I, I just it's history that spoilers, mm. I guess, is a weird thing to say, too. So we will take a quick break for housekeeping. And when we come back, we will dive further into straight out of Compton. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, and we are back once again. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. It means a ton. We love you a lot. Uh, Over there on the Pilots Club this month, we got to talk about winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Uh, which was an interesting first episode. Uh, some stylistic choices I was not expecting. Uh, some comedy in there that I was not expecting. But I had a blast with that show. It's absolutely one that I uh, am looking forward to returning to down the road. Whether that's on my own time or maybe here on the show. You never know. Who knows? Mm. Um, but yeah, that was a fun one to check out. Speaking of the review show right here last week on the show, we got to talk about season one of True Detective. This was Melissa's pick, kind of our our start to shame timber. We normally do movies, but uh, True Detective season one kind of being an anthology mm-hmm. series from yeah. season to season. It just fit right. And you hadn't right. seen it yet. I had. Well. So it, it was just like. We, we we need to just cross I, this off. It was extremely valuable. I was so happy to see how flat that circle was. I could only <laughs> yes, imagine before. Dad, it's a flat circle. You can taste the ash in the atmosphere. <laughs> um, good stuff. Yeah, we had fun with that. That's an incredible, incredible show. So go check out our thoughts on True Detective Season 1. Uh, and then over on the captain's log this past week, uh, both Melissa and I got to go see Satoshi Khan's Perfect Blue in theaters. It was the 25th mm-hmm. anniversary of the film. Uh, we've also covered that here on the review show a long, long time ago. Uh, and it's one of my favorite films from one of my favorite creators didn't think I was ever going to get to go see this in a movie theater, but I did. 
did. I had a blast. It was fantastic. Uh, so we got to talk about that. Also, uh, you already mentioned the karaoke birthday party that you got to go to. We had some some karaoke talk on there. What might be some 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 good songs, some bad songs, some good bits, uh, some we, non songs. Can uh, you right, get up yeah. there and just do a monologue? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So we had a fun time on the captain's log uh, this past week. Go check that out. Uh, and that's kind of about it for housekeeping right now. Uh, so I guess without further ado, let's get into spoilers. All right. Uh, yeah, again, it's just a strange thing to say, like spoilers for straight out of Compton, something I, that happened in I, real life. There's a lot of this I did not know. Like I was aware that Easy you had passed away but i had no idea when or how so anytime anything happened in the movie i'm like is this it is this what kills him what does it right there's and i'm so like i don't even know if it's like there's i didn't uh, even know yeah. if it was within the scope of the movie i'm like he might have died like mm. five years ago i really had no handle on it i just knew this person was deceased and no further details yeah this is something that I I I also like I I knew he had passed away some time ago. I I think at the time I had heard it was f from AIDS. Um, or d I, but like that that didn't really stick with me again. West Coast hip hop is not as much my thing. There's a few p people that I l listen to. I've l listened to all of NWA's catalog, stuff like that. So I have vague knowledge of of this, but I, I remember when the movie came out that this was also like, oh, I, I kind of heard people being like, yeah, this is kind of a love letter to e Easy e like it, it, mm. it does right by him, uh, his his wife Tamika is credited mm. as a a a producer on the movie, uh, which I thought was n n n nice. Um, but yeah, like that was just like I, I I don't remember exactly. I vaguely know. I think it was illness. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, so they just had like lots of good tense scene where like something is about to kick off here. Right? Like, yeah, like anything the could cause trouble here <laughs> yeah when uh shoke knight has him beat up in the recording studio i think i was like that's it this must kill him that looks so brutal i mean it's a recording studio so you're just seeing everything through that Shug window knight, on like the the top half of the wall so like they've knocked him down on the ground so you can't see it you can just see the mm -hmm. torsos of the men who are beating him up and it seems lethal and then you cut to him sitting by Paul Giamatti's pool with just like a bloody nose and a split lip. I'm like, that was it. You're still alive. It's, I mean, granted. Yeah, <laughs> it's dark, right? He has darker skin. You probably can't see all the bruising as well. Uh, True. But yeah, it is, he, it I, is a I, nighttime I, scene. Sure. Uh, and, and it is a night scene with Suge Knight in there. And then no, uh, so yeah, we'll get to Suge Knight in, in a sec, because yes. that's some, he's some wild stuff with him and with him in real life, too. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, 
yeah, man, I, 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 let's, let's continue on with Easy E then. Cause I, I, mm. I thought the actor that, uh, that played him was fantastic. Mm. Um, let's see. It, it was Jason Mitchell, uh, who I'm not super familiar with in any of his other work. Uh, but he, man, he, he did a great job with Easy E. Um, yeah, I, I like that the movie kind of starts with him and then like we kind of alluded to ends up kind of being the heart of the movie at least um and with, with him passing away at the end uh with mm-hmm. aids and him like getting the shout out in the credits like hey like we kind of mm-hmm. made this for you essentially um but man, what a wild character, huh? Yeah. Interesting guy. I did like the scene where he tries to rap for the first time, like to watch somebody go from I am reading these lyrics that have been written down to progressively. I am owning this. I am saying this. It is in my own style. I am no longer reciting. I am now rapping. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting scene because I've like I've seen that happen in real life too. Mm. <laughs> too. Just uh, like me and my friends like messing around and making little rap beats on Garage Band and stuff and trying to write raps. And it's if if you're one, if you're not good at it in the first place, then it's kind of hard to write like to ha- to have a good cadence to mm-hmm. your r- 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 rhymes and then know how to say that two it's that much more difficult when someone else writes it for you and you don't know the way like that like they were thinking the cadence would go here because it, it it's <gasps> sounds like ice cube wrote that song and he has a very recognizable like cadence and flow to the way he raps. And so to see someone else get up there and just have a completely different style is like, this isn't really matching. And then, yeah, once he kind of like just some somehow has his own spin on that, it's like, wait, that was it. And, and like, you can immediately tell because when he like, like, that's where one of the 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 things about this movie that I love is there's so many times where you you see them or hear them playing around with a song or the lyrics of something or some musical like keyboard thing and they're so close they, they, they don't have it they don't like it's wrong the notes are off it's in the wrong key it's this or that and then all of a sudden they they <laughs> hit it and it's like that 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 was it <laughs> i i recognize that i know that's a song um and yeah immediately when he when he hits when he hits 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 that that first line it's just like oh there it is. He nailed it. It sounds exactly like him. It's amazing. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I, I in, enjoyed that a lot. Um, and then to, to slightly skip ahead a bit, the one scene where Jure is playing around with what would become ain't nothing but a G, a G, mm. a G thing for, for Snoop 
and he's like like when he when he's hitting that and just it's almost it's not that no don't do that okay play up a little bit more and then he hits it once and you're just like that's it and that's when snoop is like uh, I like that. That's cool. cool. Okay, let's mm-hmm. go. I'm just like, this is so cool. I love seeing this. Um, who knows if it actually happened that way or not, but it makes for a damn good scene. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like <laughs> I, I like seeing kind of all that magic come together and be like, I know that song. I've heard Aww. that song. I listened <laughs> to, to I... that a bit. I recognize that. See, I know far, far less about this, admittedly. Uh, So I was not experiencing those same feelings. I was listening to things saying, I bet this is a very well-known song. (laughs) I don't know. Yep, absolutely is. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, but I I, I think Easy is is a a great character to follow uh, through a lot of this movie uh just just because i feel like his life is almost one of the ones that changes the most i feel Mm -hmm. like right where he is he is a drug dealer at first and he's he seems to be fairly competent at at what he's doing that's kind (laughs) of why they bring him in at that look i don't right how do we know how to judge incompetence in drug dealing the drugs got dealt i guess he's good at his job right uh but they they kind of bring him into NWA for his business acumen and that's what kind of launches them that's what helps them get the record Dale but he also only knows so much right and so when bad vibes start happening from Paul Giamatti's character which we haven't even mentioned Paul Giamatti in this who's also fantastic um when when his character has been essentially screwing them over from the get-go without them knowing it and then ice cube starting to get some bad vibes here and then jure also being like i looked into this stuff and yeah something's not right mm-hmm. uh easy is not really smart enough to to like figure that stuff out or or reckon that he needs multiple people to tell him that not not only to members of the group but his wife to also be like actually they were right yeah and this sucks um but yeah yeah i mean he like he's launched into stardom he becomes a you know this new business and he tries to to get the band back together but then yeah his life is again kind of derailed by aids and just it just it's it's almost like one thing after another here um he's just a fun fun character to follow yeah and it's so weird thing to say i It's he's a compelling character to follow, especially when you see him develop this cough, which, which could mean a lot of different things. It's not a, a, it's such a clear signifier, like in a movie where somebody coughs and they have blood in a handkerchief and you're like, that's tuberculosis. I know the film language for that specific symptom. 
this the general coughing you don't know at least me not knowing the man's life or how it ended i didn't know specifically what it meant um and then he gets that when he, he collapses he gets an hiv diagnosis and it goes downhill so fast i think i remember yeah. reading yeah he was dead like within like a couple weeks after getting the diagnosis he slips into a coma so fast and they they talk yeah. about let's get the group back together let's record together again and then before it can happen like he's like practicing for that and then he he collapses and he's so quickly in a coma and like out of their reach and they can go and see him and talk to him but they can't hear him ever again it's so heartbreaking yeah i i i really liked the scene uh where when he's he's i think just slipped into the coma jare is on his way out and ice cube is coming in to like go visit him but ice can't really bring himself to go mm. in the room because he's like i mean i can talk to him but that's not what i need like i mm. i need him to talk to me i need to hear him yes. say something and i can't and mm. he, he like he just kind of leaves it at that at that at least as far as we know in the movie um and man like that's that's rough right of of, of just like I, the thing here that I need is not to go sit by his bed mm. and say the last mm. things that I need to say to you. It's I, I, I need to hear you say yeah. something here and I'm not going to get that. Yes. Um, man. Rough stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I, I so, also found yeah. the scene where Dre learns that his little brother died when he gets that that call from his mom. Uh, when all the guys are around him to support him, I thought that was very, very touching. Uh, they're all reaching out. It's one of the best group hugs I've seen in cinema. Uh, that's another heartbreaking hugs. element of the story. <laughs> it is kind of funny to me that before he gets the call that his brother died, he's on the phone with his brother and he's saying... Like the brother wants to go and join him on tour. And he's like, yeah, yeah, coming up soon. You're going to be able to come out and join me. And he makes a joke like, bring your condoms with you. And the brother sort of chuckles like, yeah, I haven't used them since you gave them to me. And then so <laughs> like in the next scene years ago. <laughs> right. And then in the next scene, he's dead. And I'm like, I don't. It implies that he died a virgin, which is very sad and funny and odd that that plot point is set up for him to then immediately die yeah um man yeah that was also something that i i, I feel like i had heard once before but you know didn't really remember so i kind of wasn't expecting it when it happened of mm -hmm. like he gets the call and i, I was like is it his mom is, like is that what the thing is going to be but no it was his mom that called so, mm. oh, it's his brother. And, and, and I was like, yeah. and, and then it was like, I think I vaguely remember hearing that, too, that he had a brother that died. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that that was an intense scene, too. They each they each kind of have their moments. Um, however, what, what, what one of the weak points of the film for me is that I mean, it, Part of me wants to say rightly so, but when I think of NWA today or just in like a, a 
general pop culture like this is what people think of when they think of NWA is yeah they think of Dr. Jare they think of Ice Cube uh and then like Easy E is that third pillar mm. I don't really know if I could I mean I I know MC Ren I've heard of mm. DJ Yayala but like they kind of get the short end of the stick, both in this movie and uh, like it, it just it, in general, like mm. what pe- people think of. They don't really recognize them as much. Uh, I did see that. I think Yella and MC Ren were both uh, consultants on the film mm-hmm. here, too. So they were also involved. Um, but I like we get so much of ice cube story of easy story of dre's story that it feels like these guys were just left out um mm. and it's like i i kind of want to know what their story is too yeah would like e- a, a, even if it's not as dramatic or stuff like that and this is also where i was like it just if this was a tv show yes like i i would know so much more about them but i just feel like i didn't get to know them yeah, it feels like just a consequence of having these more prolific figures in the group. And the, the film's already like two hours and 27 minutes long. <laughs> like there's just so much to cover in the show and relatively yeah. so short a time compared to if this was an HBO limited series. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like it's in it's an ensemble cast for the group themselves. Right. But then again, like we've already alluded to, there's also this like ensemble cast of like important historical characters that they run into (laughs) into just kind of on on the on their path to stardom and all of that stuff. Like you could have an entire movie alone on all of the stuff that Shug Knight has been up to over there on Death Row Records. in fact, I think during the production of this movie, if not shortly after, he ran over two people, killing at least one of mm-hmm. them in there. Like the the not the the actor, but like the real life Chug Knight did this. Mm. Like, and it's just like, man, that like shit is still happening I- <laughs> while they're making this. Is just is just kind of bonkers. Uh, uh- all I knew about Chuck Knight is that I've at least heard it said that he was largely the cause of Tupac's death. And I know a lot of that is still a, it cannot be determined at this point in time. Uh, so I, that, that small bit of context going into this. But I don't know if I've ever seen another movie with normal human characters in a normal human world that has no like superheroes or sci fi or fantasy or espionage even just normal grounded human stories where i've looked at a character and thought that's a super villain <laughs> should right? i just radiate <laughs> super villain energy in this movie yeah you don't don't want to fuck with suge knight that's for sure <laughs> oh. yeah but 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 yeah like them like running into 
him. I I, I, th- I, th- I thought it was interesting that uh, like I, I was kind of half expecting like a, a young Eminem to like make an mm. appearance like right at the end uh, of of this, but instead they they get the like and Jare like looks back at the camera and says. I'm starting aftermath, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they, they get that moment instead. And then you get to see him in the credits. Mm. Um, have, have you seen eight mile? I have not, but that movie looms large just among my, our generation. I think I remember like yeah, most absolutely. other kids in my sixth grade class were obs- obsessed with eight mile. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's something that like I I I kind of wish I knew what the zeitgeist, I guess that's the right word, what it was it like in yeah, like sixth grade through like middle school, early high school, like what for for people that age when this movie came out and the year mm-hmm. after or the like two years after because eight I like I missed shit. I remember people still talking about eight mile in like mm. high school and and, and mm. stuff like that. Um it, like I, what was what was that zeitgeist like? Because yeah, everyone was so obsessed with eight mile for, <laughs> for us for our jet generation yes. when it came out. They knew all the raps that were in there, raps, all of that stuff. I I never watched it until later on. Uh, my my I I just did not have access to it and and stuff like I, I knew it existed. I knew it was about mm. the story of Eminem, all of that stuff. Uh, did not know that like Anthony Mackie is in that and plays the like the the one that like and I bet Clarence parents have real good something something you know. Mm. Uh, uh, but like I wonder if this had that same effect is is kind of mm. is what i'm wondering if it like sparked an interest in what? the group <laughs> even more did they, they go back to their their songs and you know is easy e selling more records now oh. what's what yeah. was what was the effect of what, of what were sixth graders of 2015 were they also obsessed with straight out of compton <laughs> Right. The way they were obsessed with Eight Mile. Absolutely. I don't know a lot about hip hop, but I do remember what the, the rest of my class listened to at that age. The, the, the suburban St. Louis sixth graders were really into uh, Eight Mile, Fifty Cent at that time, and of course our our local Nelly. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I, remember, I remember these few Saint lunatics. At Ch- Changi, is he from here? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, where is he from? Where is Changi from? He might be Chicago. I don't remember where Ch- a, a Midwesterner at, at least we, we yeah. accept St. Louis is a welcoming town. We accept all Midwesterners. Eminem, you're included <laughs> from up there in Detroit. Detroit. De- Detroit's kind of like its own own style. I mean, there's, I, there's all these it little really is. Po- its own pizza, of, its own music of style. You got the like East Coast, New York stuff. You got Atlanta. You got the chopped and screwed Texas stuff you got the like midwest yeah with with like nelly and the saint lunatics you got detroit up there with eminem and d12 and royce to five nine you got uh minneapolis with rhymes hairs and atmosphere and all that stuff and yeah california uh, with with MGWA and snoop dog uh and then some favorites of mine 
Mers and Blue and and stuff like that. Um, and just so many different styles in yeah. each little pocket. It's wild. Like Chicago barbecue. has like its pizza. own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, man, like they, I, 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 I just wish we got more of these smaller side characters mm. um but i brought up eight mile because yeah i was kind of expecting like a little small cameo in in this especially like i, I was not expecting it going into the movie but yeah, as I started to see Snoop and it's like, OK, Suge Knight is more a part of this than I thought. And OK, there's Tupac and things aren't going so well in the group. And I know uh, like they we are, we saw the Bill Howard for Jure's solo album, The Chronic. Uh, it seems like he's going to be on to bigger and better things by the end of this. And those bigger and better things are him working with Eminem and working with 50 Cent and stuff like that um and yeah oh we get pictures of him video of him in the credits but that's kind of about it mm-hmm. um which i thought was a good good way to include mm-hmm. that um i i liked that we got these it's not just like a still picture and like and then in 2002 yeah. dre went on to like dude it's like that'd be so boring but you actually I, can use the like real like yes news yeah footage, i think that's a like lot more effective in stuff. this context yeah, like even if you really don't neat. if you're like me and you don't know this world very well you can still show uh, like, like red carpet photos or like clips from music videos or something like some of the visuals and the yeah. iconography. I'm like, oh, I do know these. I know some of this. Yep, absolutely. It, you're able to communicate a lot with just like a couple of video clips over the end credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, yeah, I wanted- we, we get the same thing just for, for Ice Caillou mm. to all of his may, 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 may movies yeah, and stuff. And just to see like how much State of the Union his, is in here. His life has just changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I want to say stuff. briefly about the, the wide range of supporting characters we have in the movie. Even though we don't never spend a lot of time with any of them, I feel like all of the wives and girlfriends of the group I feel very sincere. Like they're not there often. They're not particularly rich characters just for the sake of time. Uh, I imagine there's just, again, so much to cover, but they felt mm-hmm. authentic to me. Those romances were sweet. Like when you see Easy E and Tamika together in bed in one scene, yeah. that's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I only recognized one of those actors, uh, Ice Cube's wife in the movie. That actress goes on to play Storm in. She's like oh, the younger, newer that's Storm. That's what I know that name from. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, that's the only one that I recognize, though. But yeah. Um, man, we have to also talk about Paul Giamatti's character here. Well, what was his name again? It was uh, where is, uh, where is Jerry it? Heller. Jerry Heller. Thank you. Um, I kept wanting to call him Marty Wolf, which is his character from Big Fat Liar. <laughs> um, what did you think of him in this movie? <laughs> it's 
especially this especially kind of just having come off of watching the pilot of we're we're ending time where we get to see Jerry Buss like being mm. portrayed in this kind of bigger, larger than life way. Like what? Like I I just felt like they were almost similar <laughs> vibes from each of them in a strange way. I, I love the the introduction of Jerry, which is that. Easy E goes to like the record, literal record printer, the the press shop the, like, to like warehouse. get the stack of yeah. records. Yes, and then you just hear Paul Giamatti say, "Excuse me," and then the camera pans over and he's just there, like he's always yeah. been there, and the camera just never looked at him before. <laughs> it's just there's no lead up. He's just suddenly he has arrived. Hi, I must intrude upon this movie. Absolutely, he, and I do like that. You're not sure how serious to take him at first. Like he's got an office, just like not even an office, just like a wall and a desk, like in the record warehouse, which I don't believe is normal for record executives. That you're like in the same room as the machines that actually press well, everything and the boxes of like stickers to put at the beginning. Exactly. Like you, if you saw him in yeah. any other context, you might think, oh, this is a legit guy. But when you see him just on the factory floor, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> What is your foreman? What's happening here? What's what's going on? No, but like, yeah, that is part of the joke is when he when he says the people that he's worked with and gives like, here's my portfolio. Like I er, easy easy there first, like doesn't recognize half of the names. But then it's like, Mm -hmm. are any of these from this decade? Like, yeah, (laughs) it's like you haven't been in the business for a long time. Yeah, He's he's not impressed Um, that you've worked with Grand Funk Railroad. (laughs) <laughs> which uh it's just a, a side note something else that i thought was really neat about uh again not really easter eggs but kind of like the the closest thing to an easter egg mm. that you could get in in this is whenever they show records in in this there's like in the back in the background they are often important records for hip-hop and sampling and stuff Mm. like that um and so it's it's neat to just see like there was that one scene where you first get introduced to jare and he's like lying on a pile of records and you're like Mm -hmm. oh yep that got turned into something that got sampled in this other song uh yeah that that was just neat that like you get to see those those things there um but yeah, that's kind of the thing with Jerry Heller as a character is you don't you don't exactly know how sincere he's being from the start. Mm. And you can kind of assume that he's probably going to take advantage of them somehow, some way. But you, you don't know. Like, it could also be a, a case of, of of just like he he sees something but does not have the vision to take it farther right and so he's like honest to got like trying to help them at the start but mm. just doesn't understand that like but it could be bigger like that could have yeah. been the scenario um, yeah but it, it's it's absolutely not he's like one of the few people that that sees just how big this truly can be and decides to take advantage of them in his own kind of 
last ditch effort to kind of save himself and do do well by himself because that's that's a scene where easy e fires him like as as he's yeah. like at, at the end there just like he is so emotionally attached to nwa and their mm-hmm. success and like him being the manager there like he's he's desperate He's like crying, like, no, don't fire me. Like, I, I need this. <laughs> it, I liked that scene a lot, but it was mm-hmm. just like this. Whoa, dude, you do you not even realize what you're doing here? Like, I, what also? I, I don't know. Yeah, he has a nice house. But when he's accused of taking all of this money from the group, you're like, well, where is the money? Why doesn't he have a nicer house or a nicer car or his own set of bikini babes? Like, where is the wealth going? Because you don't see it anywhere. There's nothing that clearly indicates, oh, Jerry has also experienced a rise in status. He kind of looks the same. We don't see him have his own new corner office somewhere that's not in the middle of a factory floor. I think that's part of his shtick. I think that's part of his. I think that's part of his his game is like if he can keep the wealth in his home or like in his bank accounts and not be flashy about it. If not, just I have my office in the Mm -hmm. record warehouse itself. Right. Like it kind of gives him this illusion of like, but I'm not screwing you over. Like, I don't have the fancy. You have a fancier car than me. Like, (laughs) look at my office. Like, I'm I'm stuck here Um, as they're all like parties in the pool and drugs Mm. and all that stuff and all these women and cars. And yeah, it's just like. I, I think that's kind of a self-defense mechanism. At least that, that's how I took it to be. Mm. Um, but who knows? I don't <laughs> know if he's still around or not. Um, who knows? I, but. I did a cursory look through the IMTB trivia, my first source for all information. Uh, and it was saying that he didn't really have the... Like, I think the movie paints him as more of a villain than perhaps he was in real life that he didn't have the same falling out with easy in real life as he did in the movie but he hasn't said a lot about it because he's like easy isn't here to share his side of the story so why would i you know just sort of out of fairness i'm not going to say anything about a situation where the other party isn't here to provide the other angle i gotcha yeah um it's uh, just a quick look at Jerry Heller's uh, Wikipedia page. Uh, let's see. Discovered Eze NWA also signed or managed the likes of the Black Eyed Peas. Wow. Uh, ab- above the law, the DOC, who was mentioned here in this movie. Bone Thugs and Harmony, who was also mentioned yes. here in this movie. Um, so I had, had some some interesting clients. But yeah, uh, I not oh uh he ended up i think passing away in 2016 oh yeah 2016 um so no longer with us here but yeah so just a a quick uh glance at some of the other people he represented in that same kind of stuff there's also other names among 
these things journey marvin gay van morrison mm. war like he it looked it looked like he had a good uh Mm-hmm. catalog crosby stills and nash tina turner credence clearwater revival otis redding the who ario speedwagon black sabbath sticks quite a variety yeah wild um but yeah that, that that's an interesting way to both like in part like pay your respect but also not pay your respect mm. is 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 that the right way just like yeah mm. if he's not here to say his side i'm not gonna say my side there that's interesting um but but yeah he was he, he was at least a fun character on screen yes um, yeah to, to and he's watch. got enough positive qualities like when the the police are harassing the group outside of the recording studio, yeah, he very sincerely scene. sticks up for them. Like, do not do this to, to these young men. They are artists. They are working. They're working very hard. You've no cause to do this. I'm going to call some people. I'm going to take care of it. He seems like he does take care of those boys and really be aware that I was struck by how young they are. They are teenagers when all of this is happening. And he does try to play this fatherly role towards them. And like, I will take care of things for you. I am watching out for you. I'm trying to give you life advice also, in addition to running your business. And that it does put him in a situation where it's like, oh, he's taking care of them. But also, oh, he's just saying, I'll take care of it. And you don't see what he's actually doing. And he could be doing very shady things. Yeah. Yeah, all of the the legal jargon and mumbo jumbo and all the contracts and paperwork. Just like, ah, don't worry about it. I'll take if it's mm-hmm. something that you should know. I'll let, let, let you know. Right. And that's how everyone gets screwed over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think that kind of leads into something else that I was not aware of being a a I'll, I'll go as far as a major a uh, portion of this movie or major component to this movie here was all the Rodney King stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I I probably could have put two and two together that that stuff was happening around the same time, but it like it's in this movie in a way that I was not expecting. At a like it it it's it's also kind of this like secret centerpiece to the movie, the police mm-hmm. brutality. Uh, mm-hmm. As well as that, you know, their song, Fuck the Police, mm-hmm. uh, just that that the scene we talked about where he is defending them from the cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get the the scene where everyone is starting to kind of think the same thoughts of like, well, the g- g- group is split up. We had a good thing going. This whole police brutality situation is getting worse. Mm-hmm. One thing that brought everyone together was music and this song. And yeah it's a theme that's in there. It's also kind of an understated the not uh, is understated the right word. It's un it's understated. It's it's present, but it's not explicit. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Right. And yeah, they, they do these like slow scenes where they're driving through like just the like run down areas of, of Compton and just how it's been abandoned and left to the people that live there that have no money and cannot fix these things right and just like the image of the blood member and the crypt member with their bandanas tied together striking 
that stuff vaguely happened i i i i know that that kind of stuff happened in and around that time for that specific situation stuff i don't know exactly the ins mm-hmm. and outs of all of that um but yeah like uh man just like I, it was neat to see that stuff and without the movie saying it like mm-hmm. you can tell it's like okay they're thinking of a way to come together to unite yeah. people like yeah, I, I really appreciated moments like that in the f- f- film where e- even though, yeah, there's a lot that happens in this movie and it happens very quickly. It felt like this was a scene that was like, hey, but we also understand these slower moments. We don't need to spell everything mm. out for you. Yes. We can kind of you, you you can pick up some things and read between the lines here. Mm. We, we know that you know what's happening but um yes yeah i i just i that was a component to the film that i wasn't expecting to be in there as much as it it was but it impacted them all and it it like Mm -hmm. it was a thing that they were dealing with in the midst of their business and their music and their lives um so Mm -hmm. i thought that was a nice touch yeah, very valuable component to the movie for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> any other kind of uh, like characters or sets? Something else I, that you I want to talk about those shots I mentioned earlier. Yes, please. There's, there's two of these that I rewound and watched again. Like I was so astounded. Uh, it's fairly early on. I think it's like 1988, maybe like just before the group goes on tour where mm-hmm. everybody is rolling up to like a roller skating club called Skateland. And it's this slow motion shot of them like not fully slow motion, kind of slow, kind of floaty, kind of dreamy of them getting out of their cars and walking through this big crowd of excited, friendly people through the doors into Skateland. It's a lot like the goodfellas shot of him walking Mm. through the back of the restaurant it reminded me a lot of that but it doesn't go on so long and so deep and i think they're playing uh uh, they're playing the song from good burger (laughs) the george clinton song where they dance in the mental institution i think it's that song I, yeah i i remember that scene i don't remember how that song goes though but yeah (laughs) But, and like the the place has got these neon lights on the outside and the place has got this sort of neon glow with it. It's a really beautiful shot. And then later in the movie, when I think it's somebody's wet and wild party, the camera starts underwater and there's yeah. dollar bills floating in the water like the Nirvana cover. And it yep, comes exactly. up out of the water and out of the pool through like the crowd of like all of these people in like swimsuits dancing around to uh, I think that's booty, booty, booty rocking everywhere. It's that one <laughs> is a uh, flashlight by parliament. Flashlight. That's, that's another beautiful shot. Just these sort of slow, graceful scene setting things to give you this like little bit of like breathing room and like settling into, okay, we're in a different time and place now and really taking in the vibe that was around these guys, the vibe of enthusiasm and and partying 
in this yeah. really positive way. Like there's not any of the dark sides of it. Nothing about those couple shots feels sinister or yeah, they're partying then they're going to die soon. And then, and then there's drugs and violence and things like, no, it's just this very pure, beautiful vibe moment twice in the movie. I love yeah. those. Yeah. And it, it to, I already kind of mentioned the records that are kind of displayed in the crates and stuff in the background or in these different shots that are like famous samples or stuff like that. Something else they do with the sound track a lot is the songs that are playing are songs that like Jare went on to sample in in like his songs and and stuff like that um or or yeah just not only him but just like in in, and it's 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 an interesting touch of like of course they're playing disco at some of the parties that they're at because disco was the kind of latest and greatest like big thing even though it's on its way out people still don't understand hip hop the way that we understand it today. Right. Uh, or it like sometimes like you, like they just don't have as much of it. Right. Like you can go on Spotify today and there's millions upon millions of artists who then have mm. hundreds of thousands of millions of songs. And back then it was like, it didn't have mm. much in, in, in terms of like hit, like hip hop, songs that they could play in the clubs and do all of the, that stuff um which is a, an interesting thing because when hip-hop got started uh like people like cool herc grandmaster flash did not want it recorded they, mm-hmm. they thought like it yeah. was it was about the like social experience to be at this club be at this party experience it live and that's not something you can record and Mm. like pass out and have the same experience with and they're not necessarily wrong we get that um but it's just it's interesting to know that like that's where it first started and then it's like but what if we record things and make a lot of money and do all of that and just to see where where it is now and how much influence hip hop has had on mainstream culture is wild um but yeah shout out to the music in 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 this Mm -hmm. they had some good some good songs in in this for sure um let's see what else um yeah great cinematography in this i loved it a lot i just yeah i I wish there was more to it. I, I mean, it was already like two and a half hours, right? Yeah. It did not. <laughs> it. It. I, I don't think pacing was an issue really with no. the film. I was always engaged. Something was al- always happening. It moved along nicely. I, I do think it glossed over some things for sure. Like there's the, the, the scene where Ice Cube's wife is like, look, it's you guys on TV. Wow, look how young you were back then. It was Aww. like, wait, that happened last week. What, what are you talking about? They just <laughs> yeah. made that song. What, yeah, what's that going? was like five no, years like, ago, was, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so like the, like the way, like it, exactly mm. what time it is, is not 
entirely clear they do those really neat establishing shots but sometimes the text that's on screen Mm. to establish like where they are and what year it is didn't like the text itself didn't stand out to me exactly like i could always tell when they Mm. were doing an establishing shot and that text was on screen but the text itself didn't stick in my mind the same way I like that the text was like handwriting. It looked like a label on the side of a mixtape or something, I, but I think it yeah, was the, it, the, the NWA font. Like oh, the, okay. the original font that they wrote. Like you, you see that like NWA yes. shirts out in public. I think it's that same font. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I did like that touch. But yeah, they, it could have been a little bit bigger or more noticeable. I was like doing my nails while I was watching this and I kept like looking up like I don't want to miss if they label somebody important who I'm supposed to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I, I had a blast with this for sure. This movie made Enjoyed me want to buy a gold chain. Hell Not yeah. one of those huge ones like they have. I I couldn't. I if only you don't, you don't want You've, the big like flavor flave no like big old <laughs> no watch go, gold chain I, as thick as your arm right. <laughs> I it was just nice to see so much jewelry. I don't know. Like I don't think that's what I was supposed to walk away with the movie from the movie with. But like I don't think I can't operate on that level. You know I'm not. I'm not on your tier. You've ascended to a higher plane to wear those giant chains or like those big earrings that are on some of the ladies. But I did watch the movie thinking like, I'd like a nice gold chain. That's a good look. Is is there a more understated one for me? A white lady in her thirties who works in an office. (laughs) Next week, Melissa shows up in a Kangol cat, big hoop earrings and giant gold chain a big iced out watch jacket. on her wrist yeah some like north face parka on it's great <laughs> a track suit her adidas track suit stomping in her air force ones over here i wanted to mention that i looked up this director f gary gray whose name i recognized We've covered him earlier this year. He directed Did Fate really? of the Furious. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, a movie I, I think I enjoyed more than most other people. Uh, I also recognize his name from Men in Black International, which is not an action comedy like the other Men in Blacks are. It's more of just a straightforward oh. action movie. So it feels very different, I, but there are some some good fight scenes in there. And I look through his history. He did direct Friday and he directed yeah. a number of really prolific, well-known hip hop music videos from the 90s. He directed Set It Off with Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. He's got um, and he directed the Italian job. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's so what I was just about cars, to I guess. say with most deaf. Yeah, I remember that one. I, I liked that one. Jason Statham, he directed Be Cool. Um, mm-hmm. I recognize that one. She had a Compton, The Fate of the Furious. Is that one of the ones? I? That's the one they go to space, right? No, that's F9. That's Fate of the Furious is the one with uh, the baby. It's the one that introduces Cypher. They go to Antarctica. The it's the one with like, yeah, the submarine. Okay, like that all was, the smart that was one cars. That I didn't like, like cast- that much. 
there's stuff in that movie I really dig. Like when all of the sure. smart cars like cascade out of the upper story, like parking garage and just flood New York City. I still think that's really fun. Yeah. Let's see. Music videos. He did Ice Cubes. It was a good day. Uh, he did Cypress H- H- Hills. I ain't going out like that. Um, Coolio's Fantastic Voyage. Uh, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube's Natural Born Killers, um, Outcast, Southern Playalistic Cadillac music. Um, let's see. Sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> the one, there's an easier uh, to pronounce oh, did, Outcast you could have selected. Uh, Waterfalls by TLC. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome one. Iconic. Um, yeah, yeah. As you said, Miss J- Jackson by Outcast. Uh, show, show me what you got by Jay Z. Super High by Rick Ross. Uh, at least that's all the ones they have here on his Wikipedia page. Interesting. Okay, so he's I yeah he's uh he's um more more recognizable than I thought. I was like I don't think I recognize this this guy's work at all. Um. But yeah, I, I, I didn't even look and I know a lot of his he's stuff. Got, he's got quite a pedigree, specifically in this field. I think that's another yeah. strong point of this movie is that it is coming from such experience, such passionate, creative forces behind it. Yeah. I think you can tell this is directed by somebody who knows this world and cares about it very much and has experience here and has worked with some of these people before. Absolutely. Um, Man, they say the fate of the furious, the 23rd highest grossing film of all time. So good for him. (laughs) Making, (laughs) making it at least up in the top 50, right? Oh, another IMDb trivia is that I don't know when this trivia fact was written they don't timestamp the entries of the individual fun facts but at least at one point this movie was number 16 on movies with the most f bombs oh nice it's, there's there like 263 go. fucks in this movie it's pretty impressive oh, yeah yeah i i wonder what that number would be if they count like the act of fucking if that counted <laughs> towards the in the hotel party, the one in the by Felicia scene, there's just, yeah. I forget which one of them it, it is. He's just fully having sex with some girl in the bed with like a light that's sheet easy. over them. While yeah, all, that's easy. <laughs> truly, the man lived large in his short years. Well, just everybody else is around them. Dude, there's yeah. blowjobs happening ice, right ice out there in public. Getting a blowjob in the bathroom there. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this many nipples in a movie since, like, Eyes Wide Shut. There's a lot of nudity in it. I, oh, God. Now that makes me wonder, is, is someone out there tracking movies with the most nipples in them? <laughs> the weird things that happen in my brain. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah. Good stuff. I, I, yeah, I, I was very impressed with this movie. Uh, I, I guess I haven't seen a huge number of bio of biopics. Um, so I, I can't really say, but I always have like a feeling in my heart that they are like hit or miss of like, they want to do a good thing, but maybe they're just not great. Right. 
Um, and then yeah, it just I think- kind of vague knowledge of like how uh, like get rich or die trying was received or even like mm. like notorious came out i don't i don't know <laughs> how it was received i think just by the fact that i don't hear people talking about it at, mm. at, at all like might say something right but eight mile and this seemed to mm. have hit um so good on them good on them this was a good one very impressed Mm -hmm. so good stuff good stuff here um cool do you have any other kind of things you want to add final thoughts with that i i had a good time up bingo cool 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 good times all around all right well now that we've done that i'm gonna pull up our bingo sheet uh here on can finally cross off this space has been waiting for this movie villain with a pet for shook knight and his ominous dog who's always in his presence yes Yes, absolutely i can finally cross that one off still does not give me another bingo but i i am inching closer melissa is uh in the lead still uh, Mm -hmm. but we are both right we, we almost have our entire squares filled out. Melissa, you yeah. only need three more squares. I have like mm. a good handful that I still need. Um, but it's at the end of the year, so it's difficult to get these ones. So mm-hmm. there you go. That is our, our, our bingo update for the week. Uh, so I'm going to get that off screen and say, Melissa, let's go to recommendations. If people enjoyed this movie... What else might they like? I recently watched Almost Famous for the first time, which is, have you ever seen it? I don't think so. It's a directed by um, Cameron Crowe based on his real experiences, like writing for Rolling Stone when he was a hmm. teenager. So it's not a biopic, but it is based on some true events and things are amalgamated and fictionalized, but there's a, a core of a true experience there where like as a teenager, he got really into rock music and wanted to be a journalist and sort of, you know, misrepresents himself to Rolling Stone uh, and, and gets placed as like a 17 year old, 16, maybe he's 15. He's very young. He is a teen teen. Do you remember uh the host so we, we you and i are both big fa- fa- fans of the show lost but yes. you know patrick klepek from his lost podcast way back in the day and i know him from his mm. like video game journalism he has almost that exact same story with oh my with video games he started writing about them and covering them when he was like 14 and like <laughs> snuck into e3 to like be able to cover it and like do all of that stuff wild continue yeah. please this kid as like 15 years old he gets himself embedded with a kind of up-and-coming fictional rock band named Stillwater. as they <laughs> open for black sabbath and go on like a, a north american tour so you it's all of these rowdy partying 
adults and like one 15 year old boy with like a notepad trying to write things down and trying to get interviews. So if you want more of uh, the decadence of a music star lifestyle, but also the concern of somebody get that boy out of here, (laughs) you can watch Almost Famous. There you go. Okay. Interesting. Mm. It's a good one. Ah, I know you are going to talk about hip hop family tree. I really Mm -hmm. wish I had more. That's okay. Relevant material to recommend. Uh, I did write down any other kind of. Yeah, sure. Good. Burger always a classic. It played that song. And it just (laughs) I've just been thinking about that movie all weekend. Like Good Burger is solid. And then if you want another Paul Giamatti is shady businessman, you can watch Big Fat Liar. Yeah, there you go. Have have you seen any other kind of like music related biopics? I have. I've seen a couple of them. Weird. Sure. <laughs> More yeah, sincere ones, but I got to mention weird one. I still haven't uh, seen that one yet. It's worth it. Weird is very fun. Uh, the parts of this movie kind of reminded me of Elvis just in that. Mm. that's also a movie where it's not really about major social events of the time, but you do see like the main character, the star, the, the musical icon of the film watching the news and taking that into consideration as he writes his music. Like I'd like to say something to the people about this thing that's happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have plenty of recommendations yeah, like, here. Kyle's mostly uh, going to take this. So the first one, yeah, Hip Hop Family Tree. I actually have it right back here. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. It's a big Pulling book. It up. Um, yeah, it's here on, on screen. This is Hip Hop Family Tree Volume 1. I also own Volume 2 uh, right back there. Uh, this is a comic book by Ed Piscor. I highly recommend this. If you are a hip hop fan, uh, if you like the history uh, of it, I highly recommend picking this up because it's a it's a comic that is made in the style of comics of that day and age of the 70s. Like the pages are artificially yellowed and stuff mm. to make them look darker and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it starts uh like square one basically of uh like the africa bombada and grandmaster flash and all that stuff and um this first volume covers up through it's the 70s through 1981 um so you even get to see like uh them recording uh rappers delight in mm-hmm. in this vo- volume here um I will say this book is very dense. Um, It it is a lot of names, a lot of dates and does not stop um, at at that. It's this name, this date. He did that. This name, this date. He did that. Uh, But it's wild. It's it's a fun read. I know by the end of the year in 2023, there is an omnibus that is coming Mm. out that has all five volumes. Um. It's going to be a, like a big, thick, hard cover uh, that I am super excited about and mm-hmm. going to spend a lot of money on that one when it comes Ooh. out because I am excited. That's, I, I think it's like 150 
uh, oh my god box for all uh, just this nice all-in-one hardbound and i'm just like yes give it to me i need it um mm -hmm. but i i cannot recommend that book enough please go check it out um and it was very think, helpful for me who knows nothing about this like it did yes. at least plant important like names and figures in my head if you're new to this that is a, a valuable educational resource yeah uh, and here on the show, we discussed Hip Hop Family Tree Volume 1 back on Episode 72, uh, way back in 2019. Um, so, yeah, you guys can go check that one out. Uh, other stuff. Yes. So you mentioned Elvis, uh, which is an interesting recommendation because that was uh, a movie directed by Baz Luhrmann. Uh, mm -hmm. Baz Luhrmann also directed the Netflix show The Get Down, which is a fictionalized retelling of the birth of hip hop uh, that is like entrenched, like the real events that happened are, are taking place. But the characters that the show is following are new. They're not real people maybe loosely based off of other people or like an amalgamation of some people there. Uh, but it makes an interesting story. I really, really enjoyed season one of that show. It only got two seasons, got canceled because it was very expensive. Mm. Also directed by Baz Luhrmann in season one. And he is known for just extravagant sets and uh, yeah, this show just the like the disco sets, the clubs, the, the 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 like stylistic choices that they do to make things look like it's in the 70s. Um, all of, of, of that is wild. Um, that one is produced by Nas, if I'm not mistaken, as well. He plays he, he does like he does the like opening narration but the narration <laughs> is raps and it's uh, he plays the main character when he's older and has made it on stage and so he's rapping the like previously on stuff which is inter interesting um but yeah that show i i loved season one season two not as much uh they had some some issues but would recommend that it goes great uh, with hip hop family tree. If you want like a one, two punch kind of combination um, with that. Uh, if you want more biopics or biopics, um, of course we already <laughs> mentioned uh, eight mile, mm. um, which I guess is taking place concurrently to some of the events of uh, oh. this movie uh which is neat because jure goes on to make after math which is then where he discovers where he discovers eminem um uh we also i i haven't seen get rich or die trying it was on our list of of, of ones that i had not seen but that's the like fictionalized version of 50 cents up bringing who also got to work with dr jerry so maybe check that one out um other things i would recommend uh would be the wu-tang show on hulu mm. wu-tang an american saga there's currently three seasons of that out right now i love that show it's incredible 
It's That's so good. To good. Hear. Yeah. Um, man, the, the actor that plays old dirty bastard nails it is it just a delight to see is wild. Um, yeah, I, I cannot recommend that show enough. That is when I kept saying like, man, I wish this was a show that would dig into like the family drama or the money troubles or their issues with producers or record labels like that show goes into that a little bit more um but yeah i i I would recommend that go check out wu-tang in american saga um i'm scrolling through our episode list to figure out if we ever have done a biopic before I don't think so. We've done a couple things based on true events, like Remember the Titans uh, and yeah. Angeline, the Peacock show about the Ange- Angeline mysteri- is the closest thing to yes. a biopic that landscapers is based on true events. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is new for us. Angeline was good. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So there you go. I, I guess also go check out more of uh, Gary. Gray's catalog. Um, F. He's Gary done Gray, some, yeah, yeah, some, uh, yeah, I, some good ones. Like I said, it's very different from the other movies, but there's, I think, Men in Black International is worth checking out. Okay, good stuff. Don't good not stuff. see. I have not seen that one. Men in Black International. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, uh, that is all I have for recommendations mm-hmm. right now. Uh, Melissa, it is your turn to do the pitches. It is yes. Shame Timber Week Three. So, what uh, what do you got for me this time? I have three movies that are on my list of shame from my preteen movie nerd days. Okay, uh, interesting. When I'm about eleven or twelve, I'm obsessed with Lord of the Rings, and those are these big sort of awards play movies. So it gets me a little more interested in other big uh, adult you know, Oscar buzzy movies from around that time. I'm starting to sure, branch yeah. out into just stuff that isn't just kid stuff. Uh, and also I am watching at the movies with Ebert and Roper every Sunday morning. I did that religiously for years. <laughs> so there's a lot of like <laughs> movies from the early two thousands that I have in my head and I'm yeah. still young enough that I like, I'm not watching R-rated movies. I'm not even watching every PG-13 movie. (laughs) So there was stuff I marked like, I really want to watch that someday. I think I'd like that. And I've never gotten around to it. Earlier this year, we watched uh, Adaptation. That was a movie that had been on my list for 20 years. Great one. Because I saw it on like Ebert and Roper. So I've got three more of those. Pitch number one. Uh, a movie I really wanted to see when it came out in 2003 because it was set in Japan and I was also trying to be into anime. Lost in Translation. Sofia Coppola's oh, okay. Lost in Translation starring Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. A lonely aging movie star named Bob Harris and a conflicted newlywed Charlotte meet in Tokyo. Bob is there to film a Japanese whiskey commercial. Charlotte is accompanying her celebrity photographer husband. Strangers in a foreign land, the two find escape, distraction, and understanding amidst the bright Tokyo lights after a chance meeting in the quiet lull of the hotel bar. They form a bond that is as unlikely as it is heartfelt and meaningful. 
Interesting. Pitch number two. If you ask me personally, what is on my list of shame right up there in the top spot? It might be this movie, a movie Mm -hmm. I immediately clocked as, oh, I think I'd like that. I've mentioned it here on the show. I'd like to recommend this. I haven't watched it yet, but consider it. I need to get this thing off my list. This is Sideways. If you want to do back to back Paul Giamatti, this is our chance. Struggling writer and wine enthusiast Miles takes his engaged friend Jack on a trip to wine country for a last single guy bonding experience. While Miles wants to relax and enjoy the wine, Jack is in search of a fling before his wedding. Soon Jack is sleeping with Stephanie while her friend Maya connects with Miles. When Miles lets it slip that Jack is getting married, both women are furious, sending the trip into disarray. This movie stars Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church, two Spider-Man villains. Two Spider-Man villains in wine country. What's not to love? Interesting. Like I said, this one's been high on my list. I think I've been saving it because this needs to be an experience. And you can make it an experience too. Get a wine. Get a cheese. Get a cracker. A charcuterie plate. You can have a whole afternoon theming your space to sideways. If we choose this movie, I recommend you do so. Please drink a wine if we are to watch sideways. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Pitch pitch number three. uh, A movie that was not when I saw this reviewed when I was like 12 years old, I didn't it didn't super compel me, but it this year it has become something that's on my list of shame. This is huh, Gangs okay. of New York. Martin Scorsese's ah, yeah. Gangs of New York. I've been looking forward to the release of Killers of the Flower Moon, even though I have to admit I have not seen very many Scorsese's and I've not seen very many of the Scorsese DiCaprio pairings. I've seen Shutter Island and The Aviator. That's it. I still have to see Gangs of New York, The Departed, and Wolf of Wall Street. I intend to watch these last three movies before Killers of the Flower Moon comes out. So I can just make this podcast homework. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amsterdam Valen is a young Irish immigrant released from prison. He returns to the five points seeking revenge against his father's killer, William Cutting. This is Bill the Butcher. Daniel Day-Lewis in an impressive role, a powerful anti-immigrant gang leader. He knows that revenge can only be attained by infiltrating Cutting's inner circle. Amsterdam's journey becomes a fight for personal survival and a place and to find a place for the Irish people in 1860s New York. So for early 2000s film nerddom, we can watch Lost in Translation, Sideways, or Gangs of New York. Hmm. Okay. Um man, uh I think I'm gonna go with sideways. Thank you. Yeah, but it actually has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I, mean, like, <laughs> I need to cross this one off my list. Uh no, I yeah, uh Sandra O oh is also in this yes. movie. Um and I don't recognize Virginia Madsen. What is she in? I'm I'm it's a name I recognize. I would have to do an IMDb check. OK, uh, I'm not um, entirely sure where I've seen her before. 
but I I'm picking it because of uh, the drops of Ganga, the manga, yes! that we co- like the wine related manga that we covered. Uh, and then I saw they, they made the, the live action adaptation of that uh, on Apple TV, which was also good in its own right. Uh, and then I also recently watched another wine related movie. Uh, what was it? It was, it was on Netflix. I think it was Uncorked. Is okay. Got it. Uh, yeah. Forget the name of it. Um, I could look it up in my notes if I really want to here. Um, but was also a similar concept. The g- g- guy was training to become a sommelier, and just like the ups and downs of that, and him having to learn how to recognize the different vintages and so like look at the color and the right light up against this thing and it has notes of that all of that stuff um i know that this is not the same kind of thing right they are mm. not training to beca- become sommeliers mm. or a- anything like that uh but just the fact that it was like wine related stood out to me and it is an easy like we have something to recommend that we've already yes, covered, exactly. Uh, and like for this, like when we talked about stuff, right? yes, when we talked about drops of God, I did shout out sideways, a movie that I knew had a large wine focus that I'd heard very good things about that I hadn't watched yet, but was like, I'm sure I'd like that whenever I do get to watching it. And I'm like, I have to see it. I'm tired of doing these theoretical recommendations i want to put my money where my mouth is my mouth is around a glass of wine (laughs) good stuff so yeah i i I say we do uh sideways and i think and i i don't know if this is a review show first or not because i I don't think we're tracking it in any kind of way is this the first time we've done a a thing where like the same actor and back to back uh i don't stuff (laughs) i don't know if we've done it from one week to the next week we've certainly had our recurring favorites i'd have to see if it ever has happened before but yes i shame timber paul giamatti edition is here (laughs) yeah okay okay sounds good uh yeah so next week sideways is what we are covering i challenge you go to your grocery store Pick up like a night. You can find excellent wines for like eight or 10 or 12 dollars. Get a cheese or something. Really think about it. That's what I intend to do. I will report back on my beverage and meal. Enjoy it alongside sideways. Yeah. I, I wonder if we have like a local like wine store around here that could actually you get surely a, like, do. better yes. recommendation. I know grocery I, stores sometimes have the like wine clerk that can recommend stuff not to disparage them right. but I, I feel like i i would trust a recommendation from an actual wine store a little more than i would from a i uh, at least in my local grocery, grocery store. store they do have like labels like we recommend this these are some facts about it so i, I th- it depends on your local grocery store i'm just letting you know you don't have to go like to, to a wine shop and buy something that's sixty dollars I wouldn't get something that's 60 bucks, but exactly. like, <laughs> like you can get a, something very good for like $10. That's what's True. fun yeah. about wine yeah. is that like, it yeah. can be very expensive, but it also can be very cheap. Yeah. Um, that movie I was talking about earlier is in fact called uncorked. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Also, I forgot to shout out stuff like beach street 
go go watch Beach Street if if you liked uh, Straight Out of Compton. Beach Street was a good one. I watched that earlier this this year too. Anyways, uh, next week, Sideways is what we shall do for Shame Timber, and that will wrap Shame Timber up. Uh, and then after that, the weekend of the twenty fourth, we will be back to our end of the month special. Uh, which we've been covering Hellboy. So keep an eye out for that. So yeah, good stuff indeed. Melissa, where can the people find you on the interwebs? You can still find me on the apps known as Twitter and Instagram at WilkieWit. I have another podcast. I haven't updated it in a while, uh, but it is called Saturday Morning Obscurities. It's a show I host with my brother talking about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. Uh, if you enjoyed Straight Out of Compton, we did an episode on the Nickelodeon kids sitcom My Brother and Me. Uh, so if you you want an, another little piece of black culture from the 90s, we watched My Brother and Me, a show that still really held up from the two random episodes we picked. I had a great time with My Brother and Me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on most of the social media places. And if you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are typically at The Whatnots on all the social medias. We're not at that. We are at The Whatnots Official. If you're watching this on YouTube, we got plenty more videos right over there for you to check out. We would love the support. So please go like, share and subscribe. Uh, but yeah, this has been number 270 of The Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.